Assalamu alaikum, I'm your host Abdullah. I'm your host Tariq. And welcome to Bag Alert, where we give a platform to both students and professionals, allowing them to convey their journey and to give insight to those aspiring to gain knowledge in different fields of study and professions. This podcast is sponsored by Let's Stay Here at the U of A. Uh, today's guest, we have Amal, who is a constable in the Edmonton Police Service. What's up, Amal? Hello, guys. Well, how's life? Good, alhamdulillah. I can't complain. How are y'all doing today? We're all good, all good. Yeah. I'm excited for summer, you know what I mean? It's uh, mm-hmm. It's been kind of warm outside, you know? <laughs> not this morning, not this morning. This I was going to say, not today. Today was not chilly. Today. I don't know. Like, like the thing is, like now, I like I just barely go outside. But once you know, like I look at my phone and see, I don't know, twenty plus degrees. That's when I know it's, it's like time to like take a walk, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I have like yeah. a biased, a biased view of our weather. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Edmonton for you. Up and down. Yesterday was like nineteen. Today it was six. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. Like this is a wild city. Like hopefully, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like hopefully, like I at least have like a better summer th- 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 than last year, you know. Mm. Which is which is off. Inshallah. Um, yeah, but yeah, but yo, um, like do like do you know what's confusing, like to me, like the like the ranking and like police, and like police officers, mm. like you know what I mean, like what's, like every time like I hear like police officer like rankings, you know, like constable mm-hmm. or like sergeant, like, like sar- sergeant, yeah, like I'm forgetful, but like I, like I have like no idea like what those mean. You know, oh. so like, I would see yeah, the so like what know? is it? What is a constable? Like, what is a constable? Okay. So constable is pretty much when you enter the police force. We mm-hmm. all start at constable, so that's like your number one kind of rank. So constable, mm-hmm. and then there's a senior constable. That's when you put in um, eight plus years, kind of. Mm-hmm. So then you can oh. become a senior constable, and then there's a sergeant. So sergeant. Mm-hmm slash detective so sergeant and detectives are the same rank okay but there are different oh. areas because sergeant is usually a sergeant of like a patrol unit or certain areas they're um in charge of like so they're in charge of like um people so they have a kind of a squad to look after or a unit to look after mm-hmm. and so they deal with that group of people and then detective as you know is just um one person who just then they do the investigative kind of areas so they okay. do, they're in more of the investigative fields. And so, yeah, so that's detective sergeant. And then you have a staff sergeant who's above the sergeant. Mm-hmm. And then after, uh, above staff sergeant is inspector. Above inspector is superintendent. Above superintendent, superintendent is deputy chief. Mm-hmm. And then you got the big boss, chief. <laughs> <laughs> the big boss, the big boss. Because like, oh my god! Because like, when I was yeah. in high school, when I was in high school, we always thought constable was only the person that was designated to like the high school. You know, like we just thought like oh. every other every other police officer, this officer. That whenever we see like the sergeant badge, like we know we know he oh he's a sergeant. You know, but like every mm. other person, we never thought like the like the the first rank was actually constable. So, yeah, yeah no, the first, and actually the, the ones that are in the school, they're actually called mm-hmm. SRO, SROs, which is School Resource Officer. Mm. Oh, so I should have yeah. I I I called Constable, I should say, school, school Resource Officer, what's well, going that was, on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's like, like, their like title. That. <laughs> oh, okay. I used to call him Consti all the time, like, Consti. Yeah, that's what I used to call him, and like, this would be cool with it. Like, yeah, I'm Consti, guys. <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that's a different rank. There's quite a few. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, did de de like detective like sounds pretty cool though. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But like, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it's like not like in the movies, you know. It was all like you know. Um. Yeah. <laughs> movies and uh, TV shows. They're... It's, it's pretty yeah. dramatic. You know what I mean? <laughs> Pretty dramatic, yeah. Nothing gets solved in 60 minutes, I'll tell you that right now. Exactly. You know, like those prison break scenes of some like detective you know, screaming out, check the pool. Like, what? They check their most random places and they'll lie, they just find what they need. I'm like, what? And they're all like, how do you do it? No time to explain. <laughs> yeah we're not that dramatic on the field yeah. oh man oh man there's, there's more there's more reasoning to it you know yeah yeah, exactly. yeah it's never it's never off a whim it's never off a whim but like mm -mm. like why like like why did you like decide to like go into like the like become a police officer pretty much uh that's a very good question um i'd say first of all you know how some people are like oh i've always wanted to be a police officer that was mm. not the case for me yeah. um i didn't always want to be a police officer um I was actually first wanting to go into nursing when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And then I did this, like, uh, a work thing that you can work at, like, certain places to kind of see the experience and stuff. And I saw what nurses did, and I'm like, nah, this is not for <laughs> me. I was like, I don't think this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And then um, I worked at Capital Care. I don't know if you guys know what Capital Care is, but it's like a life changing care facility. Yeah, I work at Capital Care, too, right now. Did you? Okay. I work right yeah. now, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I worked with them for 10 years. So like a long time, um, that's where I started, and um, and so then I was like, no, I don't want to do that. So I just, I just wasn't sure. I was in university. I did sciences. Like my major was in bio, my minor was in oh. psychology. Wow. Same so, as me. Same as us. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I was just like, what am I doing with my life? I don't know mm -hmm. exactly. Um, you know how parents always like, oh, be a doctor, doctor, no, like, I was yeah. like, I don't know about that, mom. Yeah. I don't want to be, I don't think I want to be in schooling for that long. Oh, man, um, I feel that. But yeah, and so I was kind of like a bit, didn't know what I was going to do. So I did a lot of volunteering. So I did a lot of volunteering in the community. Um, I volunteered uh, a lot with the Muslim community um, mm -hmm. of Edmonton. So I had like, a, I don't know if you ever heard of Tajima. I used to help those guys out. Like, um, yeah, I never heard of them. Out. I never heard of them. Um, they're like kind of associated with the green room back in the day like okay before the green room and nefsa and everything yeah um so anyways and then i did the chief advisory i did like the muslim uh, so the chief advisory has like different type of committees around the uh, city so they have like mm -hmm. the muslim uh, committee they have like the black committee they have indigenous committee so they have a couple of committees that come together try to like um bring forth their concerns and whatnot mm -hmm. to the chief advisory um, board mm -hmm. and so that's kind of where i first got my exposure to policing and mm -hmm. so there was an inspector actually that was uh, I believe it was an inspector or a superintendent. One of he's a white shirt. So by the way, inspectors and the superintendents they all have white shirts. So we call them the white shirts. Okay. So they always wear white shirts. The uniform is a white shirt. That's how you know their ranks are a bit higher. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah. So then after that, I got into it. Like that's how I kind of got exposed to it. And then I started learning more about the policing, what it does. Learned that there's just so many different areas. And, I, and then I remember one of them was like, why don't you, why, why don't you apply? Like, are you interested? Like, you should look into it. And I was like, you know what? I really should look into this. And mm -hmm. so I started looking into it. And, um, and then I was like, yo, this is the job I want. And, you know, with our community, unfortunately, we don't have the greatest relationship with it, um, policing with the, as well. Mm -hmm. 
So I kind of was like, you know, how awesome would it be if we were able, like, if I could be able to be, be on the force and be able to help my own people and give back to my people, right? And like kind of bridge mm-hmm. that gap. Yeah. And so um, as I kept looking into it, I just was like, yeah, this is definitely the job for me. You know, um, I don't like to be like in an office or in a lab. Like I was like, I'm not going to be in a lab and like just me in the laboratory. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, I have to communicate with people. I'm a very people person. Mm-hmm. And so, and this was a job, like you work with people. Um, every day is a new day. You don't know mm-hmm. what you're going to walk yourself into. And so I was like, so it took me a while because um, yeah. being a female mm-hmm. and being from the Somali community, it's not easy mm-hmm. to be like, embarking on that journey of wanting to become an officer so mm-hmm. it took me a couple of years to like buckle down i was like you know what it's gonna be now or never because i'm not getting any younger <laughs> and yeah. so alhamdulillah then i went for it um and then here i am in the police officer and it's been like kind of like can't so, believe december was my fifth year and so yeah. five years and i love it i still love it and so i mm-hmm. definitely think it was the right decision for me alhamdulillah yeah, hundred percent. Like I agree with also like uh, like how, like I really like how you said like um, it could, with our like our our community, especially the Somali community. It's not even like we're having like it's a black on police like mm-hmm. issue. It's like even like where it's a we have another step further. You know, like Somalis, mm-hmm. like especially within Canada, like we have like one of the like in terms of, like every other immigrant group. I would say like we have like one of the worst relationship with the police you know and there's a lot mm-hmm. of like negative stereotypes that come along with just being a somali person even if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing like when mm-hmm. for example like if someone says oh like where are you from like you say i'm somali then they'll just automatically have like a bunch of stereotypes that's running through their heads that are pretty much not good you know mm-hmm. 100%. yeah um yeah that's true and, uh, and also um you know how um basically like the education like required to become like a police officer you know like like mm-hmm. I hear things like in the states where all you need is like a high school like graduation and like boom it's it's that easy but but in Canada it's like it's a completely like like different thing like I've, I've heard they made like you have to go through I don't know like, was it two years or like some like form of like post secondary uh okay. in order like to become uh like a, a police officer or like yeah or like to even like like or like to even like like start the the, the training as well yeah so like the minimum is a high school diploma it is a high school diploma however they're not gonna hi- they're not gonna hire you right off the bat from high school i'll tell you that right now because it's so competitive there's so many people applying so now it's like you should have a degree because like legit majority of the people that i were in my class some of them were accountants some of them a guy was actually a lawyer there was people, so yeah so like there was a lot of different backgrounds so you are being you are in a competitive you know what I mean? Position. Mm-hmm. And so the mm-hmm. higher, of course, um, education you have, the better for, the better for you trying to get in, right? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, and if you don't have a degree, because they, they're not going to say you have to have a degree only, then you have to have life experience. So you need to have had a job on the, like you, you should have had a job for like a couple of years where you gained some life experience. Because when you're like right after high school, like there's not much experience you have, life experiences to bring to mm-hmm. the force, right? Because you're not going to be exposed to a lot of things when you get on the force. So um, it's very rare, like very seldom that somebody very young would get onto the job just with a high school diploma, very, like very little. And the ones that are young that does do, that do get on the job is usually, they, you're right, there's a policing um, program in Grant McEwen. And so some oh. of the guys from there get hired right after they're done with um, policing. So that's like, mm-hmm. what, 21? I think in my class, there was two, the two youngest ones were 21 year old. And okay. I believe one of them had completed her um Policing at uh, Grammy Kewen program. Oh okay. snap! So, so it's like, yeah. it was like, so yeah, like competitive, right? 
Yeah, it's competitive. Like and it's like an eight, it's an eight stage process to get into, eight just to get hired. Process. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's no joke. <laughs> oh, I know there's like a personality test. There's like a personality test. Um, is it, And there's a physical test as well. There's no personality. No, no, there's no personality test. There's a behavioral, you mean, probably. Yeah, behavioral test. Yeah, like, so oh, they want to see, yeah, like, yeah. Your, t- your tendencies just by you answering a couple of questions. They'll be able to get, like, a good picture of, like, how you able how you act. But, like, there's kind of, is, like, is, like, those type of questions are, like, like they're just trying to see, like, uh, are they trying to, like, see, like, um like, just random questions, but in, in a way, like, that you're not able to actually look through them to actually see what they actually want? So... So, okay, so I'll, I'll kind of explain a little bit, like, how that um, whole process is. The first is, like, a written test. Like, that. the basic mm-hmm. is, like, a written test, which is, like, pretty much testing your vocabulary and how mm-hmm. you know how much English you know. Mm-hmm. And there's another test, and it's uh, the APAC, I believe. And so that one, it's just different scenarios, like, problem-solve kind of thing. Like, if you're able to um, answer, like, you know, those kind of questions, it's not just strictly English. And so you have to pass those. And then after that is your physical and that's mm-hmm. when you do and the physical is like honestly like some people who say it's really challenging that's like the basic when you get to class it's a whole different case like mm-hmm. that's just basic that you're trying to meet the minimum so these are all like kind of the yeah the bare minimum kind of thing and then mm-hmm. so um after the physical so yeah so you have your written your physical and i believe after that is like your behavioral this is, this is, i'm trying to remember all the yeah behavioral mm-hmm. and that's that one is like a three hour kind of you sit down you have to explain like you have to speak to like six competencies of like accountability or indecisiveness and like all that kind of stuff and that's kind of speaks to your life experience and how you deal with matters you know what i mean like what was the situation where were you what were you doing how did you get yourself in that situation how did you deal with that what was the final outcome was it a positive was it a negative and so like they're just trying to see how you deal with certain scenarios right and so they want you to come up with that and like you have to have that like memorized and like you have to come up there professional like dressed to the nines and like um be like ready like you have to practice ahead of time and so um, and there's two guys just sitting there watching you as you're like Mm. presenting this and so yeah and they and then they ask you further questions and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and so there's that part and then there's like you get assigned a file manager that kind of deals with your your like file and stuff and so then then you go through his questionnaires and stuff like that and he'll sit down with your application oh yeah the application itself like the actual application is like really thick it's a lot of questions and they ask you from everything like have you ever drink and drive and I was like nope they're like are you sure I was like yo guys I'm Muslim like I never like that's not a thing right and so like to them I was shocked like oh really wow and so um yeah so they ask you those kind of questions you know what I mean just try to see where you're where you at with your life decisions you know what I mean like and that kind of stuff and so yeah and then they continue with like then then you do the polygraph, as you said, like that's a lie detector. So they do a poly okay. on you. Yeah. And then just to see what you've said in your prior interviews and like they'll, they'll pick their questions. They'll sit down with you. And these are detectives that are trained in like conducting a polygraph, of course. Right. So it's a bit nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. And then they kind of like break it down and like ask you a couple of questions, but then the actual, um, the polygraph is like 20 minutes actually although they talk to you for like a couple of hours to kind of Mm. figure out what questions they want to ask you under the polygraph right and so after that then you do a physical and a psychology like you have to go to a psych uh doc and then you Mm. do a medical fitness thing 
and then you do a background check and they check oh. all your social media handles and everything like that and your references and your um people that know you they'll call like they've called like my best friends from university they called like um like everyone my mom my mom had to come in and do an interview and mm-hmm. my brother and uh so yeah so that so it's it's a long process it's like mm-hmm. it's no joke if, if anything and so i think they make that that long and that intensive for those who are not that serious can they're just going to be like no i'm not going to go through all this like it's yeah it's, so it's, it's a big job you know it's a big shoes to fill you know like exactly. they have to make sure yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah that's kind of how it breaks down like so yeah so that's pretty much mm-hmm. all the kind of the steps in a very oh, short okay. way <laughs> and, th- and that's just to get into the training yeah that's just get- that's just getting higher oh. getting the <laughs> That's all. <laughs> oh wait, oh, wait, wait. You in it. Is that just getting the training? Just like considering you. Yeah, you know what? We're, we're gonna yeah. train you. <laughs> yeah, legitimately. That's, I'm just considering you to hire you. Wow. So like that so like so like once you finish once once you once you you pass like the hiring process, like mm-hmm. like how was like the training? Like was like the training like like in terms of like, like what would like how long was it? Like what did they make you guys do? Is like is like come to like class, sit down? Uh, go, go out for it's like like pretty much like a like schooling like, like like what would you say it is? Um. So yeah, it's it's a year long training, mm-hmm. and it's like like honestly, I was eating and sleeping policing. Like I could do not. It was like a full year of like you're just under stress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like six. So six months. I would say it's like an approximate six months. I'll just round it off. Six mm-hmm. months in class, and then six yeah. months on the street. Yeah. So, so it's uh, half and half. So you're like a, like a little bit of a, like a ride along like for six months? Yeah. So like, oh, okay. um, yeah. So you have a PTO, which is a police training officer mm-hmm. who's evaluating you every single move you make for six months. Oh, man. And like how oh, you, wow. and there's different phases, there's different phases. Um, and like, they're, they're like evaluating your driving skills or evaluating your communication skills mm-hmm. with, in interacting with the public. They're, you know, um, evaluating on your tactics. They're evaluating on your um, authority. Like, what authority do you have to, like, be in a position that you're in? Like, what are your authorities? Do you know your authorities? Do you know, do you know what I mean? Um, all that kind of, like, it's definitely testing you, putting you on your feet, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's, and so you learn all that. And I, I, I truly believe, like, the schooling part, like, when you're in class, that's, like, learning the basic foundation of policing. But the mm-hmm. real learning, I truly believe, is when they put you out in that street is when you like oh, actually get a grasp of yeah. what you're getting yourself into because mm-hmm. like in class like we do scenarios right and they're like okay so imagine somebody you know and you, they, they have like actors and stuff like that but you know it's not real so like this, it doesn't you know what i mean it's still good learning of course and good practicing and everything and mm-hmm. like we do very we do different areas we do tactics so that's just making sure like you know your tactical awareness like don't put yourself in a position where you might lose the fight kind of thing right mm-hmm. there's firearms training i'm like i think i shot one time before that before i went mm-hmm. to policing like at a fire range whatever fire uh, range thing mm-hmm. and so you learn how to shoot a weapon you mm-hmm. learn you that's fitness so fitness is like a big thing of course right so like the the, the a prep that you do when you start is like nothing like the fitness they make you do when you get in class like I've never been so fit <laughs> after I completed that class. Like, it was so intense. And so you do that. You do fitness. And then, you, of course, you learn about the criminal, um, the, the criminal code of Canada. Mm-hmm. And you have to learn your, bi- your um, bylaws, provincial and municipal, right? 
Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of bylaws, of course. And so you're learning all that. And, and it's like constant, like, and then it's very paramilitary, I would say the training is like, you know, you, you're all wearing your shirts that have your name on your last name on it. Mm-hmm. And they're screaming your name all the time. I was like, I need to change my name. <laughs> I'm yelling at you the whole time. And so like, and the reason they're yelling at you though, you know, the reason they're putting you under that stress mm-hmm. constantly is because, um, at the, when you get out on the street, guess what you're, guess what? People are going to be yelling at you. Ain't nobody going to be nice to you. That's true. You know what I mean? And yeah. so they need they need to make sure you make the right decisions under that stress. So they're constantly putting us under stressors mm-hmm. in class, like always yelling. And if somebody's late, we're all getting punished. If one oh. person messes up, we all get punished. Like it. Oh, like no. I remember one kid was late. We had to hold a plank until he yeah. came back. He came. He came back to like he came to school. Like I guess whatever class, school, whatever. <laughs> so we had to hold a plank. The homeboy got up from sleep and then came, and we were all so mad. Oh. <laughs> so like holding a plank when he arrived. Oh, man. So like, but then it kind of builds you, as a group, as a class. You guys build that big, you know what I mean? Like that cohesiveness, yeah, yeah camaraderie the and trust, everything. You guys yeah. went through, yeah, you went through all this hardship with each yeah. other, and to get to the end, it was just, yeah. yeah. So, and also, yeah, like, so like it also may even like reflect, like for example, like what if like whatever one police, like for example, like what happened in America, mm-hmm. like like whatever one police officer does, like even if the even if the other cops are good cops and they're doing their job right, whatever one police mm-hmm. officer does, like people just paint every other police officer with the same brush, you know, like. Hundred like, percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it affects us all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Definitely. Because you know, like it's like a symbol too. You know, like you're, like the CEO, like you're wearing the same clothes as him. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like this, mm-hmm. yeah. So like it's it's easier to like generalize. Oh, hundred percent. And I'm not gonna lie to you. Like when I first became, like I remember going on this when I went out, like. So when you're in class, you can only wear your uniform at certain times on an inspection or anything like that. So when you mm-hmm. first get out there on the street with your uniform, you know, I'm excited. I'm like, yay, I got my uniform. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'm a very, like, I'm a very um, bubbly person, if you couldn't tell. And so I'm very, <laughs> like, love to say hi to people and whatever, yeah. whatnot. And I remember we we're walking the beat. We're just walking the beat. Mm-hmm. And I remember just, like, waving with a big smile on this one lady. And she just put her middle finger up at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just oh, saying man. hi, <laughs> and so yeah, so that was a big, I guess, yeah. wake up call for me at that very moment. Is mm-hmm. wearing this uniform, not everybody's gonna like me. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, like, uh, like, I, like, I don't know if you did, but you, but like, you might have noticed, like, people like just stare at you differently. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Kind of backed away a bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously, yeah, so many yeah. stares. I was like, oh. What? Yeah, because there's so much like there's like so much negative state like for example like even like when you're like someone's driving like for example even when I'm driving like if I see a police car right beside me like I perk up a little bit even if I'm like I'm doing nothing wrong <laughs> I'm just driving I'm just driving I'm just driving to work mind my own business like I'm not doing like uh, my phone my phone's away you know like and then like mm-hmm. I just perk up for some reason like, the thing is like I don't know it just like it was just installed in me like you know it's a lot of people that's installed in them just to fear the police you know but then they're actually just people like need to start understanding that some of these guys are just doing they're just doing their job you know the thing just trying to keep the community mm. safe yeah but at the end of the day like there's just so much negative stereotypes to the point where we're just like it's just like it's more of like a fear aspect you know as, as opposed to like a protective aspect yeah 100 and that's unfortunate because we are there to protect and serve, right? Like, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, nowadays, um, like you said, like people fear, and you know, and I think it's also their upbringing too, and the culture that we grew up in, and um, the kind of negative connotations that mm-hmm. come and with pop policing. Culture, yeah. 
yeah. yeah and pop culture like it i'm not gonna lie to you like even when i'm off duty and i get and there's a cop car i get nervous I'm like why am i getting nervous <laughs> <laughs> but like you know it, it happens right because it's something mm-hmm. that was ingrained in you at a, a very young age and so that's mm-hmm. what you've kind of grown up to believe right mm-hmm, and yeah. so and it, it's definitely tough to kind of like disassociate from that kind of thinking mm-hmm. 100% mm-hmm, exactly like I feel that too um but you know um so so basically you know, like when you're done like your police like, like like your policing programs and like you're actually working and like on the street um like <laughs> do you have like this happens in like other workplaces. Like, do you have um like those like training sessions that that will happen, or like those courses that people will, like bring up to you and like tell you to complete, you know, modules like stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. We we are constantly like I think in every year we still are getting trained throughout the year. Like we do have uh they're huh. they're like general like we have to always be um continuously working on our tactics, continuously working on. You know what I mean? Um, certain things of like firearms, whatever. We get tested every year for that. So like, even though I've been a cop five years, every year they're still um, updating uh, our like, you know, education, updating our um, learning of, of policing styles. If there's something new that came up, a new study or anything of that sort, they try to share that with us. Um, and we always are getting like updated policies and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's definitely, the learning doesn't stop in class. It does not stop there. Uh, we are continuously learning and continuously trying to improve in different areas that we can improve in, right? So if they learn something, um, and a lot of our guys, and, and they say actually EPS is one of like the leading uh, police services in North America. So they go they go to other places and they kind of see what their tactics are and what their um, learning styles are, or what they're doing in their police force. And they we try to do the best practice of, mm-hmm. of, of North America. And so, um, yeah, no, definitely. We are continuously learning on the job, like, and we're continuously doing modules and, and all that stuff, so. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And like any like intense like physicals too? Like do you make you like run on like five laps to, like just to see, you know, like you're still like you still got it? Oh, we do oh we do an annual fitness test every year and you have to do that mm-hmm. up until you're like 45. I think you can like then stop, but mm-hmm. or is it more than that? I think it means older than that. But yeah, every year if you're on the street, you're anywhere you are, you still have to do your your physical fitness test. And you, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember the beep test in gym class. I don't yeah, know if you guys yeah, yeah, yeah. We do that every year. <laughs> oh, every man. year. Oh. Every year. Like, do you need oh. like, do you need like Dude, a minimum I score? <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. Level one, two. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Level, and then you're like, like level one and uh, a half, and you're like, oh, oh yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. It brings me PTSD. Oh my god. Oh, apparently, man. apparently, yeah, they like, stop so that. Every year. Hmm? Oh wow. Yeah, like apparently, like they stopped that for high, like I think high school. I heard. Mm. Oh really? Yeah. Did they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, they just stopped that for us yeah. though. Yeah. It's, it's getting it's getting soft in there. It's getting yeah, soft. Yeah. They get too soft now. <laughs> like I used to be sweating. Like I, like I would be like, yeah, I, I at least have to get like a seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and that's I, our minimum. Our minimum is seven. Like if you oh, get okay. below seven, people are looking at you sideways. Like, what do oh. you mean? You just got and you got lower than seven. That's like your the class is like that's the amount that's the amount you have to hit to get in. So mm-hmm. it's like you need to keep up the seven. You have to maintain the seven. You gotta maintain that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So um so like do, okay so, you know like, if all that grueling process you know like didn't work out, <laughs> uh like at the end of the day like 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 what do you think that you know like like what do you think that you'd be doing like like right now or like your like your profession. 
oh, if I wasn't in policing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a very good question. You know, like it, <laughs> what would I be? Yeah. It's a grueling process, you know. So, like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely. assuming like a lot, like a lot of people like have like a, like a, like a second plan. Backup plan. Yeah, backup plan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, hundred percent. Um, I think I would have gone towards something in the psych world. So, like, I probably mm-hmm. would have done counseling or um like or so like yeah i think counseling and then the other part would have been maybe social work because of uh, still giving back to the people trying to help um different dynamics and stuff like that and so yeah that and psycho was fascinated me and i feel Mm -hmm. like you use it on my job all the time because you're dealing with mental health addictions and so yeah so definitely that i just find the human behavior very fascinating yeah it is it is so so i definitely would have been in that area i would think so Mm -hmm. yeah um so like like once you complete your training and you're in the mm-hmm. gear like you're, you're, you started working in the field like like was it like everything like you expected it to be or like like was it something that stood out like say oh i never really realized it was really like this but you talked about like how like people treated you like how like the mm-hmm. people treated you on the street and stuff like that but like 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 what else did you notice when you become a, when you actually became a police officer oh uh, you know what it's I think a lot of people, when they think about policing, they think fast cars, mm-hmm. you know, like this and this and that, and like all the, glo- the glorified areas and aspects, I guess. Mm-hmm. But there, it's not only that. You deal with, unfortunately, I think I didn't realize how many times you like you see people at their lowest points and people going struggling and seeing like, like I'm like I saw my first dead body on the job. So like I was like, mm-hmm. oh, and it, and I think what shocked me the most is after a couple of a couple of time seeing dead bodies i just became desensitized mm-hmm. so it was just another dead Damn. body like but, you, but the thing is that's just a defense mechanism i think of just trying to survive in that kind of field right like you don't mm-hmm. you can't get too caught up all the time or you're just gonna wear yourself out right and so i think that was surprising for me mm-hmm. it's just me being able to adapt to those areas where i was like oh wow i didn't like of course I thought I would see dead bodies, but like I don't know when you actually get to see the dead bodies. It's like, yeah. oh snap! It's it's it's, it's wild, real. right? It's and, real out here. Yeah. Mm-hmm, it 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 definitely makes it way more real, and uh, you never forget your first dead body. I'll, I'll tell you that. That's yeah. For sure, so. hmm. Yeah. But like like in terms of like experiencing like like tragic events like that, like do they like, mm-hmm. do, do they have like very good programs in terms of like counseling and just like even if that person like was not because things like in terms of, like like in terms of, like the, the your job like there's a lot of like mm-hmm. ptsd that could follow it like it's not, like it's not like in terms of, like the military and stuff like that they're still trying to deal with like combating a lot of these issues that these veterans have but like in terms of, like the police officers like it's non-stop every day but like do you guys have like programs where you guys are able to sit down get consulted and there's like maybe let like vent a little bit Oh yeah. Uh, so we have like um, a whole like um, Edmonton resource kind of group that kind of in any high critical stress situation calls, they'll actually call you and follow up with you, and they'll talk to you, and they'll say how you're doing. I'll like let's go for coffee, and they'll sit down with you and like have a chat with you. Uh, we also have um, free uh, counseling, so like we can go see a psychologist um, if we want it to be confidential and we don't want any of our peers to know or anything of that sort you're um are definitely um there are definitely access to that so mm-hmm. yeah but any high critical uh, calls you're always going to get that group of people calling you and they like, checking up on you and seeing how you do and your boss and also your squad mates we look out for each other right yeah. like um 
you know, when if there is something that's dealing with a child, like maybe a child passed away or anything like that. If I know there's a one of my squad mates has kids, I'm gonna be like, yo, tap out. I got I got this one this time. Let me go in because I don't I don't have a kid, so I don't I don't think I'll have that same reaction that they would, right? Especially yeah. at the same age. You know what I mean? They have a kid at the same age, so we definitely uh-huh. look out for each other. Like we are definitely like a family when it comes to a squad. And uh-huh. so when somebody's off and our boss too, he'll he'll definitely take us out and be like, hey, let's talk. So we're definitely looking out for each other and seeing how things are and especially when we know we went to a very high critical call so mm-hmm. they were like hey let's have a chat how you doing after that call you know and we debrief yeah. so mm-hmm. which is a very good thing okay mm-hmm. yeah wow so mm-hmm. so is it like uh, man so is it like i guess like i'm not sure like how like how critical like things get like all the time but is it like a pretty common like occurrence do you think that's the thing is um you never know because it's uh, like it's kind of random every day is a new day it's yeah yeah. you don't know what you're walking yourself it's not like a constant um period of time where things are always happening do things happen more in the summer i would say summer is a bit more busier just because it's warmer Mm. um things do happen but like there's certain er certain times where we know things are a bit harder than usual like christmas time people's mental health start kicking in you know, it's family yeah. time. People are lonely. Domestic. Some people don't have their family. Mm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so there's see. certain yeah. times where we know it kind of increases and stuff like that. With the pandemic in itself, like that's been a different. Um, yeah, that's affected a lot of people, right? Like I've the pandemic that, like, with yeah. finances, especially uh, like, people losing like, their job. Mm. Especially within the homes as well. Even within the mm -hmm. homes, like, like Mm -hmm. I I don't know if like you witnessed something, but the thing is like maybe like in terms like domestic violence, like a lot more calls for that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, like family fights is one of the number one calls we get, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. So yeah, domestics and um yeah, there's definitely yeah a lot of calls on that. I'd say one of our most calls. Oh really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just because, like, yeah, <laughs> hard times, man. Hard times. Yeah. And then add a little bit of uh, alcohol to that, exactly. and they're stuck in the boxing. house together. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it, it's it's like a recipe for disaster, right? Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. 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 Exactly. Um. Yeah. Um. But you know, what? Like, just like, I guess, go on a tangent. Like, what do you think about um, uh, you know, like movements in in the states, like. I know it's like a bit different from Canada, but like there are like movements saying, mm-hmm. you know, like pushing to like defund the police, and and stuff. But like I don't know how like how the funding is different here in Canada, and I, and like I just want to like hear like your thoughts, like your thoughts on mm-hmm. the whole thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my thoughts on that. <laughs> so um, it, it's just fascinating. I think uh, unfortunately because we are the neighboring to America, a lot yeah. of their media and a lot of their politics definitely trickle down on us. Yeah. Um, although we have very different type of uh, policing here um, and like in certain areas for them, they don't even get much training. They just mm-hmm. get a badge and a gun and that's, and there you go. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> you can't, yeah. Right. Like, and, and when you, when you give anybody, like if I gave a civilian on the street, a badge and a gun in a high stress level, guess what they're going to do? They're just going to react to survival <laughs> mode and they're just going to yeah. shoot. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And so, and every bias in them will affect that also decision-making, right? And so, um, and so when they say defund the police, I think it's the very opposite. They should be funding their police forces mm-hmm. even more mm-hmm. to get that training, Yeah. right? To to have a very, like, you know, um, educated officer out there on the street 
you need funding to educate them. You need, you know, um, people coming into their um, services and like educating them in class and whatever, whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Like we did diversity in our class. We we had a class on um, indigenous to population because, you know, I think our indigenous population is the ones that get it really bad here, unfortunately, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so being educated on that and their history and everything of that sort is definitely vital as a police officer here because majority of the people I deal with, even though it's a very small population, majority of that small population unfortunately is the indigenous community and so i need to know about that history right mm-hmm. and what's going on i need to know the bigger picture of what's what we're dealing with here right mm-hmm. and so yeah i i don't agree and, and it's funny that you said what's happening here right now i don't know if you guys know the city council is having a like they're trying to defund us they want to defund us which is i find very like flabbergasted by the whole situation because mm-hmm. it's um i think they did a study with the eps they did their own like um educational study thing and i think apparently in the city we have like seven billion dollars for social services mm-hmm. and i think first responders only take a certain amount of millions and that's including ems fire mm. and eps so it's just for me is do i believe that we all should work together do we we definitely need more other resources like mm-hmm. I, I think we need more shelters like we need more um social workers i think because these are people that we need to be able to off-ramp the people we deal with. If there's nowhere mm. for them to off-ramp at, then of course they're just going to be stuck in the system, right? Yeah. And so how can we help them, right? I think mm. we need to work collectively, not single each other out and accuse the other of mm. not doing yeah. their job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. I think and, it's and, the politics and, and I, in the States. Just no, 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 it should you know? be. Canada. No, mm. Like, oh, this happened. So it's like, th- go with the wave. Yeah, there needs to be like a way to combat like like for example like there needs to be like more social programs for example like like if you see mm-hmm. a kid who grows up in a bad neighborhood and you see that he's living in a bad neighborhood like like the only way to fix that kid and fix that neighborhood is by providing programs that are able to benefit mm-hmm. the kid and benefit his future you know but like as a person like just so just saying oh like just looking at the outcome and say okay now this this guy whatever is going on in this neighborhood we're saying let it be, leave it, leave it how it is. Let these guys do whatever they want to each other, you know. But like, there needs to be like in terms of like these people need to like in terms of like the city needs to step up in, ter- in terms of providing like the issues that are actually going on. Like there, there's a bunch of trends, but mm-hmm. there's not there's no one's answering to these trends. You know, they're seeing these trends, but there's not really any response. You know, it just mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And so and I, I totally think that that's where we need to work on. Right? Not be, not get fixated on policing and be like, well, we need to defend you. I'm like. But how does that help our community, though? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they say, well, you know, you shouldn't be going to mental health calls. It's like, no, unfortunately, a mental health therapist will not attend if there's somebody going through a psychotic episode and mm-hmm. may have access to knives and weapons. Like, yeah. they're not equipped for that. They're not trained yeah. for that. They're not able to, do you know what I mean? You're putting them yeah. in danger. And they will, and they wait till we attend. EMS, yeah. even EMS, they won't attend a, a call if there's any kind of physical dynamic situation. They wait till we attend. So mm-hmm. there's not enough of us out there. Do you know how long they're waiting now for yeah. us? Like to get there? There's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just, it, I don't think people understand the grasp of what police deal with on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis and how much we actually work together as EMS. We work with like, in, even in within our service, we have a team called PACT, but nobody knows that. That's a, there's a mental health therapist and a police officer that work together and attend yeah. certain mental health calls. Oh, and so I, we, I knew that. Yeah, and yeah, nobody knows that. And we've had that for years, but... Yeah. Nobody knows that, right? And then we also have a CART team, which is like a social worker and a, a, a and a police officer that deal with 
child neglect like anything with children that are like you know um neglect or um being in put in danger or anything of that sort and so they're able to have those those so social workers able to help on that resource like you know what i mean side of things and then the police are there to help with like parent the parents if they're you know uh unstable or unpredictable if anything hits the fan they're able to help out do you know what i mean yeah. and so we have these teams and i think that's what's going to get us to be mm -hmm. better is to build those kind of partnerships in like, do, yeah. tackling these things so yeah mm -hmm. so like do you feel like um like in order to actually for the police to actually like for example like respond better and stuff like that and, mm -hmm. and like just like deal with a lot of these issues like for example like like i always always like say this like like why would you why would a police officer who's not from like for example like a police officer from rural alberta he's from like a he's from the farm he grew up in a farm mm -hmm. he's but you put, he's stationed within the city, you know, and then he, mm. he doesn't really understand the dynamic what's going on. He doesn't understand, like, in terms of the indigenous community, he doesn't understand the black community. He doesn't understand, like, in terms of the overall, like, the urban lifestyle. And then he's it, mm. once he's put, he's put in a situation that's a little more high, like, high stress environment, like, mm -hmm. he's not able to respond the way an individual who was from that area to respond do you believe like like in a way that should be like mitigated a little bit um i think to tackle that thing is that we need to have more diversity on the police force mm -hmm. because the only way you'll be able to educate people on the force that are from rural areas you know um is if there's if they know somebody a colleague who's from that community and that can explain to them well this mm -hmm. is how these, these are our customs these are what we do do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, alhamdulillah, me being on my squad, like I brought them like some treats and it was eight. They're like, yeah. what's this for? I'm like, it's eight guys. They're like, what's eight? I'm like, oh my um, God, do you live under a rock, right? Wait, like, yeah. But a lot of them didn't know that because they never had a Muslim friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so wow. the, the impact it has on others when there's a presence of a different uh, minority is, it's, it's, it's definitely exponential. But however, now let's let's talk about this though. How many how many people in our community encourage any of our youth to become police officers? Hundred percent. That's what you had to bring how? you on. Yeah. That's what you had to bring you on. I said, <laughs> I said I said if I'm gonna I said if I'm gonna be real like the thing is like we're, we're, we're like you know where like I'm from you know that a lot of guys that mm -hmm. that I know as well like they will say oh Abdullah like why are you promoting the police service why you like why you why why giving the why giving like a like a mild platform you know but things I because things I actually mm -hmm. respect what police do number one because they're at the end of the day they're doing a job because I'm be honest when I was younger yes I was discriminated against but what is the like for example if i'm not gonna for example if i'm not gonna be the guy who at least gives a platform to police officers to actually convey what like what's actually really going on i'm i'm gonna mm -hmm. be part of the problem as well because i'm not the one that's speaking out about it you know and then mm -hmm. i'm just gonna be laying back saying okay this is what's going on this is what happened to me when i was younger all like all, all this stuff happened when i was younger i say okay like what can i do to be a part of the solution right but a lot of these guys, they're, they're gonna they're gonna complain, complain, complain. But like they're not gonna they're not gonna look at themselves in the mirror and say, "What am I doing to help the, with the, with this problem?" Exactly, and I truly believe the police force should be a representative of the community they serve. Mm -hmm. And in order to happen for that, is that we have to have our communities actually um, believing that, that it's a good option of a job. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a good career. And honestly, like Alhamdulillah, like. Um, and you're right. Like when I was becoming an officer, do you think anybody was on? Like anybody was encouraging me? No, everybody was like, 
my whole skin touch, you know? She's just like, why are you doing this? Like, she thought I was going to be a target. You know what I mean? She thought I was going to yeah. be a target to, against these people who are just very ignorant and don't. And they think, oh, you know, she went to the other side. She's yeah. a traitor. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like my, 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 my sibling's like, oh, mom, man, everything's you're the up, you're the up. I'm like, oh my God, I have nobody's <laughs> up here. Like, I don't care. And, um, and so, and people get really uncomfortable, but it, it's like, but the, like you said, you got to be about the solution. Alhamdulillah, me being on the force, I've been able to, I don't know if you guys know Hoya Collective. It's like these poor mothers who've been a victim of the gun violence that we mm-hmm. deal with in our Somali community. They're mm-hmm. either, their sons have either been killed or they've been incarcerated. And like, I have sat down with them, had conversations with them. Like, you know what I mean? Like told them that there's resources available to them if they required resources. You know, we have victim services. Mm-hmm. But like, these are things that they had no idea. Then, you know, there's times where a call will come in and it's a Somali. And if I'm on, if I'm on the job, let me tell you, I'm, I'm going to try to go out to that, right? Like, cause I'm like, okay, they're, they're, cause as soon as they see you, do you know yeah. how much relief they get from just seeing you? They're like, Allah, yeah. well, mm-hmm. And so they're more open to actually tell the truth of what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Where if it's an Adan person that comes in, Nope, nothing happened. Right? <laughs> nothing happened. Yeah. Nope, no. Nope. I heard nothing. Like, they, no, because, because nothing, they, nothing. they believe that they believe if they say what they want to say or like like it's gonna create more problems if they talk to somebody in terms of the police. But when they see the I guess when they see you they get a little more comfort, you know, they say, Okay, like she's on my side, she's here to help me as opposed to not, not against me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And maybe it's from like col- and, col- like colonialism too, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, 100%. And, and so, like, like whole, just like, being able to do that. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so, it's just having, like, being able to, like, have that, you know, that yeah. effect on our community, you know? And then there's people who reach out to me, you know, they're like, oh, I have a question, and I'm more than happy to answer, you know what I mean? And, like, mm-hmm. um, and, and things, like, I always say, knowledge gives you more power. Like, the more you know, the the, the better you're at with whatever you're wherever mm-hmm. you're going through right you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and so and even and we have domestic violence we have everything that we're human beings we're, we're in the same social uh, economics and social world we're gonna have the same certain problems but just in different um ways you know what i mean and like in mm-hmm. our culture effects and stuff like that and so just having the sit down those conversations and like you know like one habit was like now we could get what like just had just one day ahead i'm like that's not how that works how do man we just can't like we it's not a boot camp here like we just won't lock people out for uh, chicks and giggles but uh, mm-hmm. but like and, and explaining to that to yeah. her right like this is how this works this is how this is and so yeah i think yeah. Yeah, we definitely need more the thing is, like, yeah, like, with what, the, with what you just said, like, in terms of, like, the mom wanting to lock up her son, like, a lot of people, like, they have this, like, connotation within their brain that control, like, control is better than prevention, you know? Like, mm-hmm. if we were to prevent a lot of stuff, for example, if we had police officers that were more representative, you know, like, in terms of, like, the communities, mm-hmm. if we had more uh, programs that were able to actually accommodate with the police, like, for example, like, like the police, like, in, within the communities, he's working within the community, like, the, the people know, like, the, for example, like, you see, like, the local corner store guy, everyone knows him, but, like, why don't we know our, mm-hmm. the, the police officer that's on, who's doing his patrol every day, like, but the thing is, I feel like there's a big gap between, for example, like, like, I see, to be honest, when I used to play basketball, like, especially at London Court, like, like, you see some police officers, they'll come, they'll be cool, they'll say, what's up? But the thing is, like, a lot of people, they'll perk up, you know, when they, when they see another police officer, because the thing is, like, a lot of other police officers, they'll come, and they'll just ruin, like, the day, you know? They'll say, okay, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. We're saying, bro, like, like we, we lived in this neighborhood for 20 years, 
and we we sit down on this mm-hmm. bench every day and we just talk and we we we're done playing ball like we can't just sit down and talk in our neighbor in our own neighborhood that we've been living for 20 years like stuff like that like if we were like more like if the police officers in the community were more acquainted with each other i think a lot of these issues especially black on black crime like that's where the biggest issue that there is right now like there'll be a lot of stuff that will be like mitigating they'll be like dampered a little bit yeah yeah like um i was just gonna say like with the the patrolling is mm-hmm. there's not many officers out there like we we work on shift work right so we're all mm-hmm. like all different types of the clock and so to get to kind of so there is a program called pace so that's mm-hmm. i that's on the side and it's like police and community um engagement and so i do that on my days off i like go to like i'll go to the community barbecues i'll go mm-hmm. to um i went to queenie they had like a camp in the summer uh, I used to go to the Queenie camps um, and talk to the kids. And so there are community officers that do that. Like uh, like mm-hmm. some people do it full-time. I just do it on the side. And so, um, and I think that's very crucial, like you said. Mm-hmm. Like for for a young girl of Somalia to see me, like, oh, wow, she's a police officer. I can be a police officer. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's all about like, there's a lot of things that are like, you, if you can't see yourself in that position, it's hard to believe you can be in that 100%. position, right? 100%. So, yeah. So, um, being out there, I think, is very important. Like, I'm not really, I don't like the media stuff. I don't like the, the video stuff or whatever. However, I will go to a community center. I will go to, like, the, I'll go play ball. I played ball in my uniform with some bunch of young kids. Like, mm-hmm. I think those are the interactions that young youth need with mm-hmm. policing so they can know, they can see that behind the uniform we're just human beings you know what i mean mm-hmm. we're yeah. just we're a part of the community just as much as they are as well too yeah. so it's just humanizing that mm-hmm. um occupation but like yeah, being from like yeah being from like from the somali community like like mm-hmm. how like when you when you see black on black crime like like it, just, it doesn't it like hit different for you like how like how does that make you like feel like like, like well, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it it definitely hits differently and unfortunately, every time I hear another young Somali kid has died from a gunshot again, like a gun violence, mm-hmm. um, that hits home. That hits home, mm-hmm. and it always will. And yeah. um, it it irks my soul because I feel like with our community, we're very hush-hush. People know what happened. People know what things are, who are involved, whatever, mm-hmm. but nobody wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And until, as a community, we can come together and have yeah. those real talk conversations, that was real mm-hmm. conversations about these. The reason it continues is because nobody has consequences. Everybody covers up everybody. Yeah. Like, you know, right. like, yeah. And like, we're always told, like, but yeah. to what extent, yeah. like, do you know what I mean? Like there's a part where mm-hmm. it's like, I get that we're um, a community, but when we're our own, do you know what I mean? Our own yeah. Um, downfall. Yeah. Then we need to reevaluate our approach yeah. to our things. Right? and so um i always tell the young boys like my little brother i'm like you guys you guys need to like come together and have a conversation like mm-hmm. and, and the, the, sad, the saddest part is is the young bystanders that get caught up in the middle mm-hmm. no, the yeah. young kids you know that mm-hmm. just have nothing to do with it but we're at the wrong place at the wrong time because in our community what key drug dealers key key or school are they were friends because we're so coordinate we grew up together yes. you know everybody yeah. grew up together everybody knows everybody we all know each other you know we're all homies like hoyo hoyo like all everybody knows each other yeah. but and so you're not gonna cut them off because of what they do you know you're just like you do you i'm gonna do me you know what i mean mm-hmm. but at the end of the yeah. day if you're at the wrong place at the wrong time with that person you're also now affected by that yeah 100 percent. like mm-hmm. especially like 
especially with a lot of these black on black crimes, it's it's very petty, you know. It's very petty. Like it's oh. probably it's probably over the smallest dispute or the the smallest amount of money or the smallest amount of like whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know. But like like a lot of these, like for example, like what what it is like i like i think is like it's a, it's a matter of selfishness like in terms of somali community we're very selfish like we say mm-hmm. okay this this family's struggling in terms of paying their bills and their son has to go out to sell mm-hmm. drugs but like what are we doing as a community to say okay let's help this guy let's okay let's rally up some money let's pay up a few a few of the months mm-hmm. of his rent let's help him get a job let's help let's pay for his education let's help you know like like stuff like that like you know just to yeah. help mitigate like mm-hmm. a lot of these issues but like like in terms of like somali community okay everyone on their ones everyone's it's like it's like a survival mode you know like thing is like like yeah you know like is this sad and that's why i think what you guys are doing right now mashallah like i Mm -hmm. give you guys props alhamdulillah like bringing this together because Mm -hmm. our kids need our young youth need mentors they need people to look up to they need Mm -hmm. people to know there's there's more to life than what they're in the struggle that they're in and that even with the struggle that they're in you can get out of it. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just yeah. us giving back to our own, even the ones that we, I, I'm even guilty of this. Like I, I sometimes don't like um, put the as much effort I should back to the community. That mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? Because we're all just like, once we get out, we're like, Alhamdulillah, we got out. But we that's everyone back. though. That's that's everyone though. Like every, everyone, <laughs> so, but everyone feels like, everyone feels like they're not doing enough. But the thing is like, there's a lot of people who are not doing anything, you know, but at least if you're just mm-hmm. try, if you're trying your best, like, like even like with, with you going out to communities, stopping by high schools, you know, like, and us, like I said, like, for me, I told myself, like, when I, when, when I even told Tarek this, when I, we told each other this, like, when we first started this podcast, we said, like, what are we really doing for these youth? Like, like, we're not telling them how to find careers. We're not telling them how to get jobs. We're not telling, for example, like, if someone looks at me and they're from the same area as me, they're same they're probably, they look, they look just like me. Like, they can just, they can just see me and they can say, mm-hmm. okay, this guy, he's just like me. He's doing his own thing. He's doing, he's help, trying to help out his community. But the thing is like, like, and they can ask themselves, like, what stopped me from doing this? You know, like, and they can, and they can just go out and do it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Like, we just try to bring, I guess, you know, another perspective into, I guess, different career options, just like different ways to, you know, do you, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's, that's all we want is for to do things that they love and be but then you have to be exposed to a lot of things to know because a lot of people don't even know what is out there right a lot of people don't know different areas yeah like, like a lot of people didn't know like if there was a Somali person within like the Edmonton police service you know and there's probably so much more yeah. within other cities you know but like it's just so hush hush you know it's just so taboo it's like, oh you're, you're you're a police officer like you know like but things they don't understand like number one I always tell these guys like a police officer has so much benefits, you know, like for number one, you, you, you get a good salary. Number two, mm-hmm. you get all these benefits on the side, like insurance, dental health, you know, like all this stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. then they, they say, okay, they rather just go work at a dead end job when they actually, and then when they actually could be involved within this, like within like the police service as well. Yeah. hundred percent. Like this career, mashallah, like you have, not only are you, you don't stop at constable, you know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. can do anything you want in this, in this like work workplace and you get a good salary, like you said, and you get benefits and like, mm-hmm. mashallah, it's, it's a good job. Like I have, I can't complain at all. And there's so many areas that you can move around the service in itself and you can make a difference because um, you're, we're dealing with people all the time. Right. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's, there's a lot that this job can offer to people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just to wrap things up, like, what would you mm-hmm. say to someone pursuing this career and like also like just like nip down on it like 
Like, what would you say, especially to like a black Muslim woman trying to pursue this career? Well, that's a very good question. <laughs> I'd say, uh, don't let the barriers hold you back. Just mm-hmm. fight through it. Um, just because it's never been done doesn't mean it can't be done. So mm-hmm. I would say, just keep pushing, uh, keep moving, and um, and inshallah, yeah, like always have a lot in your mind and like mm-hmm. make dua that this is the right path for you and um, and keep. I, for me, just never give up. Mm-hmm. I'm all about like it's one thing to dream. Mm-hmm. but putting it into action and into um is is the most important thing is like actually put deadlines on things like be about it you know what i mean so make sure yeah. you do things about it it's one thing to always just talk about it but be about it i guess I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is it still like more of like a male like dominated like feel like would you say oh. or is it, is it starting to be like a little bit more dampered or no no definitely male dominant <laughs> in my squad oh, there's what i think there's 13 14 of us and i think oh, there's only man. three girls there's three, three? girls oh snap so, yeah holy and that's and that's a lot for a squad to have three girls that's like ooh, oh really awesome. what, is, what <laughs> yeah what, like is that like surprising usually it's like one or two yeah it's surprising ooh, diversity <laughs> one or two. Oh man so yeah, yeah i definitely encourage uh the young um black females to join and to um yeah it's it's an amazing career and i always mm-hmm. tell people if they ever have a question i am more than happy to sit down and have a coffee with them um mm-hmm. and answer any questions i can so yeah they also feel free to reach out okay perfect okay. yeah um thanks for dropping amal um just a reminder for everyone who's listening uh we have a new episode dropping every thursday at 10 a.m mountain time Okay. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was great having you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to check us out on podcast streaming services like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify.